everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Teacher Podcast, brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. And now, here are your hosts, Sean Keibel and John Mikulski. Welcome back to the show, everybody, uh, for uh, for this week in our uh, sixth episode. Uh, once again, as usual, I am Sean, uh, your co-host, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, John Mikulski. Uh, Hello, everyone. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, John, uh, you're you're on vacation this week, right? You've been out running around, uh, running the family all around, or... Yeah, you know, I I'm kind of in between two vacations right now. Talk about the glorious life of a teacher. Uh we went camping last week in the Thousand Islands region of uh upstate New York, uh on the border of of uh Canada, around the St. Lawrence. And we came home and this is our week to uh get everything back together so we can leave again. Actually, next week we are going to be in New York City for a couple days because um actually one of our previous guests, uh, Shelly Terrell got uh, contacted me and uh, invited me to be part of a, a discussion panel at a, a conference down there. So I'll be sure to fill you in on that next week uh, after all is said and done. That's that's very exciting. Uh, uh, Shelly, uh, <laughs> if she's listening, I just got to tell her, uh, if anything ever comes up and you want to fly me to the Bahamas to speak, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can be available. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I'm a little intimidated because uh, the, the panel is on – um, new approaches to the outdated uh, education educational method. So it's kind of like a, a weighty topic, and I feel like I should be more of an expert on it than I am. But I'm going to go and and dress fancy and and hopefully use big words, and everyone will think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's what you do at conferences, right? I haven't been to enough of these to really know how it works. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, you'll be fine. Uh, I think some of the things that you're doing in the classroom are exactly what they're looking to hear. You know, uh, no, that's what I'm hoping, and you know, it was. It, I really think it's cool that Shelly knew about me because we invited her on the, the this podcast. So it's kind of cool that the, the networking is already starting to take place from episode number one, even. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's going to happen. And it's exciting to see, you know, as things uh, things move forward and uh, the community starts to expand. And uh, uh, I guess I'll take that opportunity to say, you know, if you're listening to the show, uh, we've got a forum that is dedicated just to the show. So if you want to reach out there and uh, get some discussion going there, by all means, jump onto the website and check it out. And uh, that's at elementop.com. Uh, so, uh, so summer's kind of winding down. As a matter of fact, by the time this comes out, it will be right at the end. Uh, I don't know if any schools are starting quite that early, August 16th. Uh, we are, uh, maybe approximately a week after that, somewhere, somewhere around there. Uh, yeah, that, that's about the same for us. Yeah. So, uh, so what, what do you have going on? Have you even, uh, kind of turned your attention there yet? Or are you still kind of pushing it back a little bit? No, I, I usually spend summer really just kind of processing everything I did the year before and thinking about what I'm going to change and how I'm going to improve it. The nice thing for me, I think I've, I've shared this before, the way my school sets up the, the grades is seventh and eighth grade loop together. So last year I had seventh grade students and this year I'm going to have the same students in eighth grade. So um, the anxiety is pretty low for me because I already know my kids, I already know their ability levels and that kind of thing. So uh, this summer has, has been pretty stress-free so far. Well, that's good. So, uh, yeah, so you're just taking them forward into, I guess, the next level of curriculum, and uh, but you're already really familiar with them, so you've kind of got a leg up then. Right, right. 
Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I, and I honestly think I probably will not be teaching this, this upcoming year. Uh, if, if you listen to the tightwad tech at all, you'll know that, uh, I have been looking for another job and, uh, not because I'm disgruntled in any way, but, uh, because of my monster commute. I'm, uh, just recently moved a few months back and I've been commuting two hours each way. So, uh, something had to change. It was, it was, it's been wearing me down and it's of course crazy expensive <laughs> to be driving that so, much. <laughs> so let's just recap. Anyone that's listening right now, uh, first send Sean to the Bahamas and then get him a new job. <laughs> right. We have this whole <laughs> we, we have a list today for everybody. Right. So, yeah, John, uh, me and John, we were uh, t- discussing that off air before we started. And uh, and he asked me that about whether I'd be teaching again. And uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Uh, if I'm still here, uh, then I, they've already expressed interest in me doing that. Uh, if I go somewhere else, there's just uh, don't really know. I, I, I doubt it at that point. I'll probably just be a tech guy. Um, and, uh, there's even possibility that I'll be a tech guy out in the corporate world. So, uh, really hoping to stick with education. I just love it. Yeah. It sounds like just in that you weren't even in the classroom for a full year. Wasn't that, it was like a half year kind of thing last year. Right. Right. Uh, basically what led me there was, uh, we had a, an unexpected retirement, I guess is the best way to put it. And, uh, so they had to do some shuffling around. And of course that time of year is a bad time to be trying to look for, you know, teachers, especially, um, in some of those subjects. So, uh, they asked me to teach, uh, uh half a day of uh, technology for, uh, for that last half of the year. And, uh, so yeah, I kind of got thrown into the fire, so to speak. <laughs> Uh, because there really wasn't any curriculum. So I went in a little naively thinking that I was going to cover, uh, uh, podcasting, uh, and that we, that was going to carry us through the whole semester because certainly it can. Uh, but I, you know, wasn't used to dealing with, uh, with students that are middle school age and quickly found out, uh, what their attention spans are like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you mean none. Is right. The word you're looking for. Yeah. So, you know, they thought podcasting was cool for about two weeks. And, uh, and, and that was about as long as I could hold their attention. So, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's all I could do. Uh, it got us that far. And then I had to start, you know, coming up with new ideas. And, you know, luckily, Ooh. I'm, you know, I am that tech guy. So, uh, uh, you know, I had plenty of things that I could come up with, but I had to, I had to scramble for a little bit there and, uh, before I could really come up with a more extensive curriculum. Uh, so actually, if I was going to end up doing it again this year, I'd actually be a little more excited about it because, uh, now, you know, you know how it goes, John, you, you come up with uh, a number of different projects and, um, and, and, you know, some stuff, some material that can carry you through. So once you have that, then it's, it's a little easier. Oh yeah. Every year truly is uh, a new series of successes and failures. (laughs) Yeah. Usually not, usually not a, an equal ratio of both, but I'll, I'll leave it to you to decide which one, uh, (laughs) which one is, is more, uh, more prominent. Boy, I tell you those classrooms, they are like, uh, one collective consciousness. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. They operate as like their own being. (laughs) Right. So, so many days it just depended on, you know, you sat there and you just said, okay, what, what are they going to hit me with today? You know, are they going to be upbeat or are they going to be rambunctious or, or what? And, uh, luckily me getting, them in the afternoon they had usually been to their uh their 
their PE and uh, had a chance to run off some of that energy. Uh, mm-hmm. So that certainly helped. <laughs> well, speaking of, of podcasting, maybe we should talk a little bit about um, this show and, and where this show is headed, because in addition to you um, looking for new employment, there's some changes going on with this show as well. So why don't, why don't you share that with us a little bit too, Sean? Yeah. So we're going to drop a bomb on you. I guess we'll give you a <laughs> tightwad teacher Surprise. exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, essentially, uh, you know, element OP, uh, uh, the brain child of, uh, uh, mine and, and Mark's, uh, and we've been, uh, expanding it and we've got, uh, four active shows now. We've got a fifth in development and, uh, we're just starting to develop, uh, a sixth one, which is, is just really first discussed even yesterday. So, uh, so it's expanding and as it expands, there's a lot of, uh, busy work that needs to be done, mostly the business side, uh, so that, you know, you have everything set up properly. And so it's not, uh, you know, for the people involved, there's, uh, there's more of a, uh, I guess cohesiveness and, uh, you know, everything makes a little bit more sense and things run smoothly. So, uh, you know, with four shows now, we're pressed and with, uh, ultimately six shows here, probably 30 days from now, uh, it's just, there's a lot of administrative work that needs to be done. And really that's right up my alley. I came out of the corporate world and, uh, am used to doing those types of things and setting up workflows and, uh, and, uh, write, writing, uh, uh, you know, business proposals and, uh, and policies and procedures and things like that. And, uh, so there's volumes of paperwork that need to happen. And, uh, uh I've got to build some time to do that. So with that said, we're going to be looking to back me out of this show <laughs> and uh, get another co-host, uh, uh, with John here. And, uh, uh, I think that's going to be appropriate, uh, once we find the right person. And that's, uh, that's your challenge, right? Yeah, I, I, so this is a an open call to to anyone listening. If uh, you think you can handle talking with me uh, once a week and, and the emails throughout the week, uh, we're looking for a new co-host. Right. Um, so uh, I, I guess the best thing to say up front is hopefully it's somebody that will have a passion for it. Um, you still picking me up there, John? Yep, I can hear you. Okay. Uh, Okay, there we go. Sorry about that. I was just uh, having a problem with my uh, with my headphones. Uh, so what we're uh, what we're looking for really is somebody who has a passion for uh, education and uh, technology and uh, and you know stretching the almighty dollar uh, in the education realm. So uh, somebody who's going to have the time to dedicate to it. And uh, of course, you can contact John and he'll fill you in on how you know what that is. And that was kind of what I warned him about when we first talked about getting him on this show so um uh i guess that's uh, as much as i have to say now uh you can certainly contact either one of us and uh, you can contact us directly via email uh either sean at element or john at element and uh, you can send an email to either one of us if you're interested and i, I think we talked about we're going to actually maybe do some auditions right like uh you know maybe get somebody on for a show or two and see how it goes 
Yeah, and thinking like guest hosting, and maybe we can run it like uh, one of those reality TV shows where we can have eliminations and challenges and stuff. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, yeah, and now and now I've just taken the one person listening, going, "Oh, that could be me." They they're now totally uninterested. Now I've just scared the one person away. <laughs> right? They're like, uh, "I don't really want to do that." Uh, yeah, yeah it, that's all assuming that we get more than one person interested. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. I'm thinking, uh, what was that old show where they used to have to eat bugs and and do really great Things. Oh, fear factor, that? fear factor. Yeah, we're going to do like podcasting fear factor, and that's how we're going to determine our next host. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I guess we'll see how it goes. You know, if we have like four or five people uh, contact us, then maybe we'll, we certainly will have to do some sort of weeding out process. Uh, so, uh, you know. I guess we'll see. Uh, we, we didn't actually do that with this show uh, when we selected John, uh, but uh, uh we kind of, uh, we really had our eye out for somebody for a year and we had a number of teachers come across our show and, uh, it was more of a feel thing. We just, we had you on the show, John. And, uh, when we got done, it was just like, this is the guy. Hey, I, you didn't make me eat any bugs. Hooray. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, so yeah, if you're interested, uh, you'd like to be on the show and, uh, uh, you know, fill, uh, fill that co-host role. Uh, if you're a passionate teacher, uh, and, and really, I think that's the, the primary thing you need is to have some passion for this. And it, it usually comes across on the mic. So, uh, uh, you know, contact us and we'll, uh, we'll get you all set up. Yeah, sounds great. So what do you say? Want to get started here, John? Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, get our guest on. Our guest is Richard Byrne, uh, a high school and social studies teacher. Uh, and uh, d- you did you did you list that blog maestro? <laughs> What's that? Yeah, that, yeah. He's uh, he listed himself under title as the blog maestro at freetechforteachers.com, which um, I would imagine quite a few uh, of, of you listeners have probably been to before. It's just an incredible resource online and. Um, Pretty excited to talk to him about it today and, and get some of his uh, suggestions for good tools as we get back into uh, into school mode for September. Yeah, I uh, I checked out uh, the freetechforteachers.com and I, I'm sh- I, I'm almost excuse me almost sure that I've seen it before, uh, but yeah, it, just an amazing site and uh, certainly worth checking out. So we'll talk with him about that. He comes from uh, Oxford Hills Comprehensive High School and that was in Maine, isn't that right? Yes. All right. So uh, without further ado, let's bring on Richard Byrne. All right. So, uh, Richard, I guess, uh, you know, we've already kind of done a pre, uh, pre-introduction, but uh, as we always ask our guests, why don't you go ahead and uh, just introduce yourself to our listeners? All right. So uh, my name is Richard Byrne. Uh, I'd like to be back from the talking heads, David Byrne. Uh, <laughs> I I've been a high school teacher for eight years now. Uh, I've, worked in, I've worked in the same school uh, the whole time. I started out uh, actually as an English teacher and for the last seven years taught uh, social studies, encompassing everything from contemporary world studies to U.S. history to uh, ancient world history. Uh, all Anything social studies I've taught it in the last seven years or so. Um, and... For the last four years, I've written a blog, freetechforteachers.com. I, I started it as a side project, as a, as a project that was actually part of a workshop that I went to. Uh, my school got a grant for uh, one, for this professional development series, and we had a choice of 
technology integration, assertive discipline, or spiraling curriculum. And technology integration sounded like uh, the least boring of the three to me, so I went to that one and learned about blogging, and one thing led to another, and four years later, four and a half years later, I'm, I'm talking to you. Uh, well, so that, that's how I that's how I started the blog, and the blog started out with uh, you know just my mother reading it for a while, and uh, now it's grown to about forty thousand or so subscribers. So uh, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. Yeah, I think you're really downplaying the the blog when you started off. Well, I I made it as part of like a workshop thing. I mean, it, it's funny how often the blog comes up. Lots of times I'm watching my Twitter feed and there'll be links that that look interesting and they're all shortened so you can't really see the, you know, the target, but I'll I'll click on them and all the time they go right to your site. So it just seems to be everywhere and you know, I'm I'm looking now at your your Twitter feed even and you you have almost 18,000 followers. So it's it's not a a small thing for you anymore. So before yeah. we start but before we start with like the meat of uh of our conversation today is your school aware of this or are your students aware of this cuz you're at least like in the Twitter education world you're a pretty big, you know, pretty prevalent guide. Do they know that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> or is it like a double life? Well, it's, it's a little bit of a double life, but it's becoming a little less of a double life. Uh, last year, I was finalist for the ACTUM Educator of the Year, which is uh, ACTUM stands for the Association of Computer Technology Educators in Maine. Uh, and so I was the, the runner up for the, for the Teacher of the Year in, in their uh, annual awards. And uh, Tech and Learning Magazine listed me as one of their 30 to watch for the future of ed. And so that sort of press gets back to the superintendent and the principal. Uh, and so, yeah, it's become less of a double edge. But for a while, it was like, oh, yeah, everybody's got a blog. And, and I'm not very good at it's self-promotion within my own school building either. It's one of those things. That it's hard to professional develop where you professional. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those uh, you don't want to toot your own horn with your own colleagues. So, uh, so it's become less of a double life, but yeah, for a while it was. And, uh, your, uh, your district, your superintendent, like immediately doubled your pay, right? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if John told you, but, uh, we, we can certainly, uh, in, enjoy a bit of levity on the show. So we're not going to be all business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I certainly wish it's one of the, you know, one of my friends said to me, Hey, congratulations. And you got a bonus this year of nothing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you can be the best, you could be the teacher of the year and you're getting the same salary next year, no matter what. So. <laughs> well, and, and you know, but that's a perfect point to make, you know, when they talk about teachers being passionate, that's just it. I mean, if you're out there and you're working in the corporate world or some regular job where, uh, basically you're always chasing that carrot, uh, that, that carrot, that financial carrot doesn't really exist so much for teachers. So, uh, they're doing what they do because they're passionate about it. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, really the blog for, at this point, I, at this point I have to, in full disclosure, I do have to say that I, I do make some money from it now, but for, that's only been for the last 18 months or so. So for the first three years and change, it was, you know, it's, purely a labor of love and there was absolutely no financial benefit. Uh, and there's probably, you know, some financial drawbacks of spending money on things like, you know, registering the domain and that sort of stuff. So. Uh, sure. Sure. Yeah. 
Well, uh, you mentioned your blog, so I guess now's a perfect time to really let's, uh, let's, you know, kick into that and, uh, talk about that. It's, uh, free tech, the number four teachers.com. So free tech for teachers.com. Um, just, it's, it's an amazing site. I mean, you know, you, I guess we're calling it your blog, but it's, it's, it's more than that. I mean, it's a, it's a website with just all kinds of great information there. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and how it got started. Yeah, so it got you know, like I said, the blog I started. It was uh, kind of an offshoot of a of a workshop that I went to on technology integration. Uh, I just I thought it would be a good way to categorize and kind of catalog things that I was trying and things that I was stumbling across. Uh, because I, even now, people try to follow me on Digo, and if you do, you're not going to find much because I don't I don't bookmark as a general rule. Uh, because if I don't if I don't try it out and and write about it, I'll forget about it. So it, it kind of served that purpose originally for me to try things out, write write about it, and then I would remember that, oh yeah, I found tool X uh, and I'm trying it out in my classroom. Uh, so really all my book, anything that I think is cool, that I think is worth bookmarking, ends up in my blog in some way, shape or form. Uh, and then, yeah, so if you go to so if you go to Deagle and try to follow me, you can, but there's like seven bookmarks in it in total. <laughs> uh, my delicious my delicious account actually is a little bit different because it's linked to my Twitter feed, so anything I uh, anything I tweet ends up in delicious too. So you get a lot of nonsense in my delicious feed. So really, the best place to find out about anything that I'm doing is in my blog. Uh, and like I said, it's just I try to as much as I can. I try to provide things for everyone in K-12, but my my bias is towards middle school and high school because that's where I've, I've spent my teaching careers in the, the 7 through 12 and in social studies. So uh, I, do try to work, I do try to work in elementary school stuff as much as I can, uh, but I'm not an elementary school guy. Uh, and so what I often do is I'll, I'll refer people to uh, other people's blogs for you know, elementary school stuff. And I'm not afraid to say that, you know, that I, that I don't know. People write me and I write me emails or Twitter messages. I'm like, yeah, sorry, I don't know, but I can tell you who to go and find out the answer from. Uh, so that's what I try to do when I don't know the answer. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about having the resources and knowing where to go to find the resources. And, and that's why I like your site so much is because there are just so many and there's just, you know, the volume of it, but also just uh, the quality of that volume is, is what I really think is probably drawing all those people to your site. Thank you. Yeah. So actually let's talk about that. Uh, this show is, is structured a little differently than some of the other podcasts that we've done. Um, because, you know, I was, I was looking at your site and you had agreed to come on the show and I don't think people really care as much about the history of uh, the actual site or the history of you, but really the content that's there. So this is what I was thinking yeah. because this because this show uh, will be uh, publishing right about the time people are starting to get back into school mode. Teachers are getting into school mode. What I thought we could really take this time for you to highlight some of the, the best of the best tools that you've, you've listed on your, your site. So we thought maybe we could do like a five best new tools that you've collected over the summer. And then also maybe like it's just a five best uh, all time. What, what you've seen in the past that people always uh, respond to. Yeah. Is that okay? So, all right. So, 
So start with your your five best. Five best for new this year. Because I I was saying earlier in the warm up that uh, summer I kind of take time off and reflect a little bit on on myself and what I did last year in school. And I don't really pay too much attention to the new stuff. And then usually what happens is come September, I'm racing to try to catch up for the last three months. So this will be a good spot for all those people like me to start. So go ahead. I, I won't interrupt you. Tell me about right. your, your best so new tools. New, new this summer. Yeah. So best new stuff this summer. And by new, I mean new to new to me, new to things that I've learned about the summer. Uh, and the most recent one that I'm really kind of in, really enthused about is a, a QR treasure hunt generator. Uh, it was actually created by Russell Tarr, who's a teacher in, I want to say France, uh, maybe England, on the other side of the Atlantic. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, Russell at Russell Tarr, T-A-R-R. And he's built this tool called the QR treasure hunt generator. Uh, so that you can create QR codes, those squiggly box codes that you see in uh, the Delta Sky Mall catalog and all kinds of magazines now. And you're wondering what the hell to do with them. Uh, it's a code that you, it's a code that you can scan with your mobile phone, be it an iPhone, an Android powered phone, or even just a, a smartphone that's not quite an Android phone, a, a average intelligence phone, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're you're gonna see that showing up now in advertisements for like these secondhand phones. They're they're average. They're they're mediocre phones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so this what this tool does is you create those codes, and they and the codes could could take kids to websites that are on their phone. It could it could simply take them to another stop in a scavenger hunt. So what you're doing is you're creating a, a scavenger hunt where kids are physically getting up and moving around the classroom, around the school, or around the community. And while they're doing that, they're gathering data. They're gather, gathering data, gathering information, uh, or it may just be a series of, of next steps in completing a project. Uh, and I'm re- really, I just discovered it uh, maybe three weeks ago. Russell put a tweet out about it, and I, and I checked it out, and... Uh, I'm really looking forward to exploring that in the fall with my, with my students when I get back to class. Uh, one of the one of the challenges that comes up every fall are the students that commit to the new school year resolution of organization and getting organized. So I'm kind of enthused about a, a new organization tool that I've discovered called PegBee uh, or PegBy. I'm calling it Peg B. Maybe it's Peg by. I don't know. But P E G B Y dot com. And what it is, it's a, it's got the elements of, of sticky notes that live online, uh, with the task management option for, you know, striking out your tasks as you go along. Uh, and it's really a very, for me anyway, and, and I'm kind of a visual person. I, I like to see the, I like to see the task disappear. And I can kill off the sticky notes as I go through. Um, so it's kind of a kind of a neat tool. It's not anything that's revolution going to revolutionize my classroom, uh, but I think it might help some of my students that struggle with organization. Uh, another tool that I learned about last spring and is was in private beta and now is open to everyone is uh, Show Me App, which you can find at ShowMeApp.com. It's an iPad app. Uh, it's an iPad app for creating small whiteboard lessons that you can. Uh, Swap out with other with other people that have iPads. You can publish them to the ShowMeApp.com gallery, 
uh, of short lessons. And they're, they're one to three minute narrated lessons, uh, you know, kind of a how to, you know, how do you solve an equation or, uh, maybe you, maybe you put up a map and you explain the journeys of Lewis and Clark or uh, something like that. So it's, a, it's short lessons you share on your iPad and it's a free application. That, uh, that, that show I, me. Oh, go ahead. Go no, go ahead. Uh, that show me app. I actually downloaded it before the before we talk now and uh, with for my iPad, and it's really really cool. And what it reminds me of, if you've seen any of the the Khan Academy math tutorial videos that yeah. really have kind of like inspired the whole idea of a, a flipped classroom model of teaching. That's what the show me app does. It's basically just a whiteboard and and you can narrate and you draw with your fingers and you can actually import videos from your, your photos. Or I'm sorry, you can import vote photos from, uh, from your gallery. It, it's really, really cool and really easy to use. So I, I was, yeah, I saw that one on your list and I thought, Oh, that's cool. I didn't even realize there was a, a website for, it. I knew it was a, an app though. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, the lessons you create, you can you can add to the public gallery. So that's kind of cool. They're yeah. actually they may have just wrapped it up, but they were running a contest for teachers to share the lessons and win a free iPad, uh, which I thought was kind of ironic because you have to have an iPad to make a lesson. <laughs> but yeah. so so the next tool that's on my list of cool things from this summer is a tool called Socrative, uh, and I just saw a live demo of it yesterday. So this is really a brand new one. Uh, and Socrative is a response system based on cell phones or and or laptops. Uh, the way it works is that as a classroom teacher, I can put together a series of questions that are either multiple choice or open-ended questions and pull my classroom via text message or uh, through the web. If all my students have netbooks, for example, uh, they can respond through their netbook. If they don't have netbooks, they can respond with their cell phone. Uh, and it, it's, it's a bit like poll everywhere or text the mob. Uh, but the benefit of it is that uh, there's no limit to how many responses you can, you can, uh, you can gather. And there's also no limit to how long the open-ended responses can be. Uh, so if your students are using their netbooks and they want to write out a paragraph or two paragraphs to, to respond and have the responses displayed on the screen. Uh, that's a, that's a nice benefit over just a simple text message from their cell phone. Uh, and then you can take the data that you get from your first question and move that into a second question. So for example, if I, if I have 25 kids and I ask them uh, an A, B, or C type of multiple choice, uh, you know, what do we want to what do we want to have for lunch today? You know, they can all vote on pizza, spaghetti, or peanut butter jelly sandwiches. If they all pick pizza, then we can move that data into a new question. that says, "What do we want in that pizza?" For example. So it's, it's, it's a new it's a new tool. Like I said, it's still it's still in beta. It's a brand new tool. Uh, they're looking for feedback from teachers, but it's it's got a lot of promise, and it was really kind of cool to see uh, demo live. So uh, that's called soccer. I'm going to jump yeah. in there and say this is just yet another thing. It's a disturbing trend I'm seeing, but uh, a, a, yet another tool that uh, is making my BlackBerry more and more of a, a paperweight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, only, it's only a medium intelligent uh, device there, Sean. Right. I, I guess that's the, that's the point. It, it's saddening to see, but, uh, you know, the black, Blackberries uh, seem to be falling behind the power curve here. And, uh, 
uh, more and more of these things, of course, they come out and as soon as they launch, they've got a, they've got a iPhone version and an Android version. Uh, and then they, they all say Blackberry coming soon, but I've seen those very often, you know, six months later, it still says Blackberry coming soon. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to have to well, chunk my, chunk my device here pretty soon. Well, there is, there is a little bit of hope for you because one of my favorite tools, jcut.com, which I used to put on all these my favorite tools list, just got bought out by BlackBerry so that they can use their technology for a movie-making app on BlackBerry tablets. So there's some hope for you if you're a BlackBerry devotee. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not married to any technology. Uh, I, I think, uh, if anything, I've, I've really had my eyes on the uh, the latest uh, Android devices that have been coming out. So uh, it, it's it's like John. John hasn't jumped on the Google Plus bandwagon yet, and I ha- just haven't quite crossed that bridge myself on the uh, on the smartphone market. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's one of those things you, you have to, you, you can't embrace every single thing. Otherwise, you'd spend all day in your geek lair in your house and never go outside. Because, uh, <laughs> which, de- I, which I border on some days, but yeah, I try to get out. There's definitely those people in the world, to, to uh, be sure. Yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> the the next, there's two more, two more tools. We've got, we've got three. You want a five. Uh, Another tool that I like is Animaps. Animaps is a tool that, like I said, it, it launched last spring, but I really discovered it this, this summer and played around with it. But what it does is it takes Google Maps kind of to the next the next level in terms of rather than just adding place marks to Google Maps, you can add place add place marks and draw on top of the map and actually tell a story uh, with the map more than you can with just a just a Google map. Now it's not full featured as Google earth, but if you work in an environment like, like my school, we have netbooks, Google earth doesn't really run that well on a netbook in terms because of the size and because of the, uh, just how CPU intensive it can be at times to run a lot of layers. Uh, so it's yeah. an intermediate step between Google maps and Google earth. And it's an, it can be used as a nice storytelling mm-hmm. tool on, on top of a map. Yeah, that's uh, our district this year. We are removing Google Earth from our our base image, so uh, we've we've had it on there for years. But just like you said, I mean, it's it's a huge application, and uh, it can literally, especially on some of the older uh, computers, you can actually just see the thing just come to a halt when you open up Google Earth. So, uh, yeah, this one uh, I think I've seen it before, and. Uh, is really really cool some of the things i mean all you got to do is go in there and see some of the stuff that other people have made and it's it's amazing yeah yeah and so my and so my last tool is uh automatoon uh, which is a an animation tool you can make all kinds of cool animations uh, and it uses html5 so you can run it on your ipad if you have an ipad if you have an ipad environment at your school uh, that's one of the challenges of ipads is uh, you know finding applications and websites that will run on the iPad as well as they, as well as they run on you know on your on your desktop PC and Automatune is one of those and one of the cool things that I that I like about it and I wrote this in my blog post about it too uh, is that it reminds me just a tiny bit of the old logo writer program that I used back in uh, elementary school in the late 80s uh, for creating you know simple animations now Automatune has you know, way more features than logo writer ever had in terms of animation 
But what I, what I like about it is it does require kids to think just a little bit about the logic and the sequence of, of how the animation comes together. So that's, that's the reason that I've, that I've listed it here as one of my uh, favorite new tools for this summer. Yeah, and I think this one, one, go ahead. Go ahead. I think this one, and there's one other that I, I didn't recognize when you made your list. And I, I took a look at, uh, the Automatune website and they have a, a little, like, I think it's six or seven minute, uh, tutorial of someone showing how to use the, the website. And they, they make a frog, a real simple animation of a frog hopping around the screen. And it, it was really cool to watch. Like normally those, those demo videos you kind of half watch and it's usually kind of gimmicky. And this one, it was just really cool to see there was a lot of logic that was involved in it. Um, and it reminded me a lot of trying to design something in Flash, like even in terms of they talked about movements and, and motions and that kind of thing. Um, so it, this I could see working really well for like later middle school into high school because it, it it's a pretty robust looking website and it makes really, really cool products. Yeah. Yeah. And if I had, if I had more time to devote to making animations, I would have made something cool instead of just some dancing stick figures when I, when I tried it out. But, right. <laughs> uh, but, I, but, you know, just speaking of, uh, Elementary and middle school teachers that are, are that write about that write about this stuff. Uh, at, shortly after I wrote about it, uh, Kelly Ten Kelly, who uh, writes the website ilearntechnology.com, did a review on it, and uh, she was also really enthused about it for use in elementary school classrooms. Uh, and again, because it runs not only on the iPad, but it runs or runs equally well on the iPad as it does on on your desktop PC. So. Hmm. So those are those are the new tools that I'm excited about, and then I've got my all-time list. So you ready for my all-time list? Yeah, let's do this. All right. So my all-time list, in no real particular order, other than this is how I thought of them. Uh, the Android App Inventor. I put it on my all-time list, even though it's only been out for a little over a year. I like the Android App Inventor because people can create Android apps without having any computer science knowledge in terms of you know, to be able to, you don't have to write any code. It's very much uh, a drag and drop. If you put together the right sequence of actions, you can create a useful Android app for your, for your phone or for your Android tablet. And so I'm really excited about the, the possibilities that, that that introduces. And again, it's kind of like Automatune or if you use Scratch at all, it really makes people think about sequencing and cause and effect as a part of developing a developing a program. Yeah, that's so, uh that's I, I've seen both uh the App Inventor and Scratch and I uh, used Scratch in my classroom just at the tail end of last year and uh it was it was great, you know, this is with middle schoolers but you know watching them uh, as they sort of, you could just see they really weren't even have to put much thought into it, but you could see them connecting, uh, just the logic that was involved in making, uh, you know, making a character move from here to here or do, uh, certain actions. And, uh, Scratch is great for that. And then Android App Inventor just, it seems like, you know, I'm not sure which one came first because I only heard of Scratch just last year and I heard of a the App Inventor kind of around the same time, but I'm thinking Scratch was around first and that got me to thinking, well, I wonder if, the app inventor kind of, uh, you know, borrowed from that, uh, from that idea of, you know, kind of taking the puzzle pieces and putting them together in some, you know, logical order. Uh, did yeah, you, I, did you see one before the other? Oh yeah. Scratch has been around much longer than the, uh, than the app inventor has. So I, I don't know if the, 
don't know if there's this if Google had that idea that hey, you know, Scratch has got this sequencing and logicing that logic down, but uh, you know, so they, but it definitely works well. Uh, yeah, it, Scratch has been around for I don't know how long, but uh, I've seen it being used for at least a few years. Yeah, it came from I think MIT or one of the colleges developed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it came from MIT. So, uh, so there's your your first so, one. Go ahead. So so the next one I just kind of listed Google Apps as in you know all the Google applications like Docs, uh, Google Sites, Blogger, uh, Google Voice. I mean everything that's in the Google Apps uh, suite I've, I've listed just because it. Well, for two reasons. One, anything that's cloud, I'm a big fan of anything that's cloud based, just so that kids can work on their projects at home or at school without, uh, without losing their work or any of that. I lost my flash drive. My printer didn't work. Any, any of those excuses. But also for the fact that they can collaborate with so many different Google tools in an easy environment as opposed to you know, peer editing without Google apps is we print off the paper, we read it, we, we write on it or we email it back and forth with all these attachments. And now we can do live editing, live peer editing, live collaboration on, on all kinds of projects. And the uh, other benefit is you sign into, you sign into your Google account and you have access to 60 something tools if you have them all activated. Uh, have you heard that uh, Google is doing away with the, uh, with their labs? I had not heard that. So yeah, yeah I lab. heard that. Yeah, Google Google is doing away with the labs, and that's really the big uh, question on the street. And I haven't heard an answer to this yet. Is uh, what are going to happen to all of those labs? So, uh, you know, it's kind of it, Google hasn't answered the question as to well, will they still be available there, and you can still use them, and they'll still be found in the same place? Will they be hosted somewhere else? Uh, but they're certainly not going to be uh, any further development. Uh, Google is wrapping up uh, their their entire labs division, and uh, they say they want to focus e- their efforts. Uh, I guess make their efforts a little bit more focused. So uh, it's kind of sad to see. Yeah, that that is kind of a bummer. That's and that's one of the things about anything that's in labs is it, it disappears. I used to be, I used to love showing people the Google Wonder Wheel, and about a month and a half ago, they discontinued the use of Google Wonder Wheel, and it's just it's gone. Uh, you know, it was a cool tool mm-hmm. or Google, Google notebook. I was a big Google notebook guy for a while and they just uh, pulled the plug on that a couple of years ago too. So. Yeah. Well, uh, so yeah, I would definitely want to throw that out there because, uh, if anybody out there is listening and you're using a lot of the Google lab stuff, uh, hopefully, you know, it'll still at least be around and, you know, maybe they'll just stop development on it. But if you see some things uh, moving around or maybe not available anymore, uh, that that's why they're, uh, they're getting rid of it. So, uh, uh, sad to see that happen. A lot of innovation came out of those labs projects. So, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not real excited about it myself. Yeah, that's not, that's definitely not good news by any means. So, uh, so the next thing on my list, uh, is Creza education. Cre- you can go to Creza.com and right now Creza.com itself is in a, in a closed beta and you have to get an invite. Uh, but Creza Education is a video maker. Uh, you can do some o- online video creation. It's a little bit more full-featured than 
uh, Animoto or Photo Peach or one of those services where you can make a, a basically a musical slideshow is what I would call Animoto. Uh, but with Creasy, you have much more control over sequencing uh, the audio tracks that you use. You can actually uh, re- record your voice and have your voice as part of the as part of the action and, and include raw video clips uh, or raw video raw video footage that you that you can edit. Uh, so if you go to creasaeducation.com, you can you can go and you can try it out right now. Uh, I used to recommend JCut, and as I mentioned earlier, JCut.com uh, just got bought out by BlackBerry, uh, mm-hmm. but that was a great great resource for making videos online. Uh, and I don't I wouldn't say use Creasa Education instead of Windows Movie Maker or iMovie on the Apple platform, but if you don't have one of those two tools. Creative education is a great is a great alternative that you can use online. And so the next thing I've listed in this list here is Fluberoo, which is you can find it at fluberoo.com. And it's not anything really fancy. Uh, it's a script that you can add to your Google spreadsheets so that your spreadsheets, if you have cre- if you have collected data in the form of a quiz, uh, can be graded for you automatically. Uh, and you, you can do you can do that same feature in Google Spreadsheets without using Fluberoo, but you have to be a little bit of a spreadsheet person and be familiar with writing writing scripts on your own. And I'm not that good at spreadsheets, so I use Fluberoo. It's a it's a script that I grabbed from the Google the Google gallery of uh, spreadsheet scripts, and I run it, and it will it will grade multiple choice or true false quizzes for me. Uh, we could have the whole debate on the educational validity of multiple choice and true false uh, <laughs> but that's a different conversation for a different time uh, right. but but I'd like to include it because I know lots of teachers do give multiple choice quizzes for a variety of reasons what whatever the reason is and uh, if you want to save yourself a lot of time so you can move on to uh, other tasks Fluberoo is a, is a great Great little tool to to have in your playbook. Now, does uh, does that uh, does it uh, like randomize them? So, if you got two students sitting right next to each other, they're going to be looking at two different versions of that. No, no it it only grade it only grades the data that you collect. Oh, okay, so, okay. So it's not so, actually administering the, the the quiz or test. It's uh, right. Okay. Okay, I got you. So yeah, you're, you like you said, like more like a spreadsheet. You put your data in, and then it takes care of the rest for you. Correct. Okay. But it it's a cool site though because you know nowadays, especially with a lot of the stuff they're talking about with teacher evaluations and and really data driven assessment, uh, that kind of stuff. It's nice to have a tool like this available because it's not wasting my time running the statistics and finding the percentages and finding what what's where you know the the questions they miss most and and averages and that kind of thing. It kind of does all that for you. Exactly. Yeah, and very exactly. nice. That, that, that's why I always mention it because there's always someone that wants to save time on you know, on those tedious tasks of going through seventy five multiple choice quizzes that you gave out and checking them off one by one. So, so the next tool that's on my list here is uh, Aviary, which you can find at aviary.com, mm-hmm. and it offers a suite of different packages, including two different audio editors. There's an audio editor that's, that you can use with your voice, and it, it looks 
somewhat similar to GarageBand or Audacity if you've used one of those two programs. But it also has a music creator where you can select uh, different instruments and, and have it play, play the music for you and create music. Again, kind of like one of the features that's in GarageBand, but it lives online and it happens online. And the other half of Aviary is image editing. Uh, and that's actually how they got started. They got started as an image editor uh, trying to create an online rival to Photoshop in many ways. Uh, you can do a lot of the vector images, uh, or you can just do some basic touching up of pictures as well, uh, like you would do in most image editors. And again, it lives online. And one of the things they've offered for the last year and a half or so is integration with your Google Apps account. So if you're a Google Apps for Education school, you can make Aviary a part of uh, the apps that you have that you pull in from the marketplace. So if you're working in Aviary and you're creating a project, you can save it in your Google account uh, as opposed to having to keep a, keep track of a separate account outside of Google. So that's one of the yeah, that's I, a really helpful feature, I think. I want to jump in there uh, because we do we have that functionality here. And uh, teachers, if you are a Google Apps for Education school and you're not seeing Aviary in your list of tools, it's because they don't have it turned on for you. And uh, you know your your tech people might not understand uh, that you will want that, or you know, uh, I can't imagine why they would Lysol have it turned knows off. Lysol a real clean but, is something you uh, see and smell. New Lysol No Mess Automatic Toilet Bowl Cleaner cleans your toilet. Bear with me a second here. My feed just went crazy on me. Uh, but uh, certainly uh, it's something that can be turned on. So if you're, if you're not seeing that, it's very simple. They go into a little dashboard and it's literally like a checkbox. And all of a sudden you have the aviary tools. So, uh, so talk to your tech people if you're not seeing that. Yeah, definitely worth looking into. I actually I got a, a beta invite for it when it first came out. And when it was only the the image uh, editing, and every once in a while I still go back. We have um, a, a district license for Photoshop Elements, which does does the job. So I usually don't use the the web uh, Aviary tool unless I'm at home or if I know I'm going to be using it on multiple computers. But um, at this point, the quality of Aviary is about parallel with what you could do with like a Photoshop Elements or something like that. And it's free. So it's kind of a no-brainer which one to choose if you have to pick between the two. Well, I know uh, last year when I was teaching uh, podcasting, and that was one of the early things that we did is I had the students, you know, we went through the whole talk about uh, using copyrighted material and things like that. So for like uh, intro music and uh, what we call bump music. And uh, so rather than have to really you know, kind of work through that forest of, you know, what, what you can and can't do. And of course we did cover it, but uh, rather than really even having to worry about it, I just threw them into aviary into the audio uh, portion and they had a blast with it. And they, it was really shocking how good some of the stuff they made was, it was, you know, it was so easy for them to just kind of intuitively make something that, that they liked. Yeah, that's, that's, and that's really how I've uh, pushed Aviary in my school is, uh, we, we have, we have netbooks for every student, uh, no Linux based netbooks. So that, that produces a whole different set of, uh, challenges or circumstances in our school because Linux is not second nature to anyone. Uh, not to disparage <laughs> Linux in any way, in any way, but, uh, if you've used a Mac or Windows environment for your, whole life, you know, for teenagers, that's, you know, 14 years or whatever, uh, 
still going to the Linux environment is a little bit different, but Aviary is quite easy to use online and, and it lives online. Um, with the netbooks, the fact that we can save things online, save things in the cloud, as opposed to uh, filling up valuable space that's on the students' netbooks, that, that's just a, a huge benefit for me as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so I, I really focus on, on Aviary as a, as a podcasting tool or an audio, an audio tool. Uh, and, and we do in our, in our school have a program for, uh, for graphic design and if students are really into graphic design, then they can go down to, uh, you know, the graphic design labs that we have that do have all the, thousand know, dollar licenses for, for image editing. So, so, so those are my, my five, the five tools that I picked. Uh, and I have to admit that every time someone asks me for a list of five, it changes a little bit based on what I've been playing with recently or uh, what I've been talking about recently. And these are things that I've been talking about a lot for the last month. Uh, so I've also listed in the show notes here, maybe you guys can include this when the show goes live, uh, all the resources that my readers have deemed the best or the most popular uh, based on how many times they've been, they've been viewed. Uh, and I've created a, a long list of the 20, the 20 most visited uh, blog posts, which often are lists of other resources. I'm just looking at the list right now myself. Uh, and one of them is 47 alternatives to using YouTube in the classroom. And which is a list of what you, what it sounds like alternatives to YouTube. Uh, because I know a lot of, a lot of teachers have no access to YouTube in their classrooms. Uh, and some of the other, other things that are on this list are ways to create com- 10 ways to create comics online. Uh, it's been a really, really popular one. There's a couple of resources for creating fake Facebook walls or Facebook profiles. Uh, Facebook for dead people is one of the, one of the most popular blog posts I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> so, so if, if you want to post that in the show notes, it's a list of, like I said, the 20, the 20 that have been the most visited uh, over the last four years, by uh, by everyone that's come to my come to my website, yeah, it's like a list of lists. There's one seventy seven web resources for teachers. I don't know if we yeah. can fit all that all that into one podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, one of the most popular presentations I do live is Best of the Web 2011 or Best of the Web 2010, and I usually try to cover seventy tools in sixty minutes. Uh, so it's a rapid fire rundown of everything I've found in the last year that I think is cool and worth worth passing on to other teachers. Uh, and whenever I do that, I, o- I always see people rapidly trying to write down on any scrap of paper they can everything I'm saying, even though I say at the beginning, I'm going to post all this on my blog as soon as we're done. <laughs> people still write down frantically everything I say. Well, I can certainly see their head spinning with, with 70 things because I think you've given us like 13 or 14 overall and there's a lot here even just to digest. So you, you certainly have a quite the inventory of stuff. It's a blessing and a curse, really. Uh, like sometimes my good I, looks, I know what you mean. Sometimes I forget what, sometimes I forget things that it's just, you know, like if you have 25 kids in a room and sometimes you're staring right at the, the kid and you can't remember their name, even though they've been in your room for six months. Uh, <laughs> sometimes that happens to me when people say, you wrote about a tool back in July and it did this. And I just blank on it sometimes. I've had those moments. 
Yeah. Oh, I think we all do. Yeah. Yeah. It usually happens around January or so for me. <laughs> right after the holidays, right? Right after the holidays, right. All right. Well, um, uh, I, I guess, uh, we'll come to the time when we're going to just wind things down a little bit. But, uh, just like you said, and, uh, I know we've been saying, uh, the entire show really is you need to go check out his blog, his website, free tech the number four and teachers.com. Uh, it, just an amazing resource. I mean, I, I could literally see spending more than days, weeks, uh, going through all of the content there. It's just amazing. Uh, so, uh, you know, go check Richard's, uh, body of work out there. And it's amazing how quickly you add to it as well. I, I, I'm always amazed by teachers like you that, uh, it's like, where do you find the time, you know? Are you are you married? Uh, no. Okay, no. that explains it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm yeah. Catching a dog. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely go uh, check it out, uh, Richard. Any last uh, thoughts to uh, leave us with? Leave our listeners with? Yeah, th- just the one thought that I, I always try to leave people with after I've given a rundown of tools is. Don't try every single one of them your first day back in, in school in September or August whenever you go back to school because you'll just overwhelm yourself and overwhelm your kids too at the same time. You know, pick out two or three things that you, you think you can spend some, some quality time with. Get to, get to know them and, and implement them in your classroom. And, and when you're implementing them, don't, don't lose track of, of your curriculum goals because really that's, that's the purpose of the technology is to help us reach our curriculum goals better and a more effective way uh it's not just the technology for technology's sake although that is kind of fun too sometimes yeah Yeah, that's the fun yeah it's fun to do that but not always uh the best for the kids right okay thanks for having me on guys it's it's been it's been fun so. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and we'll have to uh, we'll have to follow up with you again, uh, you know, uh, some point down the line. I'm sure you'll have a whole other host of things to uh, run by us. So, uh, appreciate you taking the time to be with us, and uh, we'll cool. uh, we'll do it again. All right, take care. Thanks a lot, Richard. Okay, that was uh, Richard Byrne, and uh, I guess we're going to say he's uh, for um, freetechforteachers.com, uh, high school social studies teacher, though, uh, by trade, and uh, uh, really just an awesome, awesome site, awesome guy. Uh, you know, John, what struck me when I looked at his website, I, I didn't want to say this to him, but uh, <laughs> is how young he looks. Oh, I, he, he's a young guy. He's just a, a firecracker. Like he showed up out of nowhere and his site just is so big and popular now. Yeah. But he just, he looks like he, he should still be in high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Which so, I guess is a good thing, you know? Right. Right. Well, I'll just say, uh, you know, obviously Richard, you're going to be listening to this. I'm sure after we, uh, publish the finished product and, uh, please don't take any offense to that. Uh, I, one, I, I wish I could look younger than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to, uh, you know, it's, it's really neat to see, uh, the younger teachers coming onto the scene and really, uh, you know, just going crazy with all of this technology and, and really putting it to new uses and, uh, really getting things out there. Right. I mean, now we have like, uh, nowadays we have like, uh, what rock star teachers out there and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. uh it's kind of neat. So and I just, I think back when I first started teaching, I was actually, I got a job right out of, out of 
college. I was fortunate enough. So I was like 21 and 20, I turned 22 my first year of teaching and it was in a high school. And, uh, I used to get stopped all the time in the hall at older teachers asking me for a pass. So I, it's kind of a badge <laughs> of honor. <laughs> right. They'd say, they'd say, where are you going? And I'd say back to my classroom. I have to teach in a you know, half hour. <laughs> so I imagine that Richard has had that same, uh, that same dilemma and that that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, uh, normally, uh, this is the time that we would jump in with our tips of the week, but, uh, really, it was just kind of one of those shows that was a bunch of different tips, right? I mean, I mean, we have a website that is full of tips that we, we've pointed, uh, everybody to this week, right? Yeah, I'm going to ride on his coattails and, uh, just say my teacher tip for the week, take, take some time and check out his website, freetechforteachers.com. It's updated constantly. And the cool thing about it is that, a lot of the the resources that he posts are are universal. They really can fit any uh, curricular area, any grade level. But there's also a lot of stuff that's very very specific. A lot of science uh, curriculum websites, a lot of uh, history and and social studies stuff. So there really is something for everyone on on the site. So that that's my tip for the week: is just take a look at that and and don't just do it once. You know, stick it in your favorites and you know subscribe to the RSS feed uh, because. It, it's constantly updated and he really is, you know, as you can tell from the, the lists of, uh, of tools that he presented, he really is right on that cutting edge of the brand new, really cool, really useful, full, really useful tools for teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I was, uh, I was very impressed when I looked at it. Um, and I, I believe he either got some EduBlog awards or, uh, at least, uh, nominations. So that okay. I'll say that about EduBlog, uh, the EduBlog awards is, uh, it, it does, they really are great indicators of, uh, some really great sites and, uh, resources in education. So. Yeah, he won them three years in a row. Actually, it was 2008, 2009, and 2010. So that it just shows not only is it a good site, but it's a consistently good site. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, I think it's time to wrap it up. Uh, this will, this will be the time when we tell you how you can, the myriad of ways that you can contact us. Um, and, uh, remember if you are interested in possibly co-hosting a, a show, uh, then, uh, here's uh, many ways that you can contact us. Uh, one would be, uh, email and it's Sean or John, either one at elementop.com. Uh, or if you want to do the tightwad or tightwad teacher, at elementop.com that actually will generate an email that should go to both of us um, uh, then of course there's the website elementop.com that's e-l-e-m-e-n-t -E like the periodic table of elements and op like op taylor o-p-i-e dot com uh, there you can uh, interact with uh, with us uh, you can uh, there's a little widget up there in the upper right you can put your phone number in and google voice will actually call you and, uh, and then you answer and it will give you opportunity to leave a voicemail for us or you can dial us direct at 530 frugal f-r-u-g-a-l and the number two 530 frugal to and uh, leave us a voicemail there. Uh, do indicate that it's for this show, and we uh, very well may use your voicemail uh, on the air. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, you can follow. And we us. haven't. Oh, go ahead. Go we ahead. haven't. We haven't gotten a voicemail yet, have we? Um. Uh, not yet. Not yet. I'm still yeah. waiting on that first one. But you know, the tightwad tech was the same way. We. Uh, we would. Um, 
kept telling people about it and we finally almost got to the point of where we were begging like please just somebody send us a voicemail and uh, finally somebody did and then since then we've had probably a a handful maybe uh four or five six of them and uh uh, we we put those on the show whenever we can uh so uh yeah we're still waiting for our first one on the tightwad teacher Uh, i i think people are just kind of a little nervous or maybe you know i think there's a lot of people out there that would prefer to uh maybe not be on the air and of course you can call and leave us a voicemail and uh any feedback or any suggestions and uh if you indicate that you really don't want it on the air uh we're gonna certainly honor that request so well but there's there's the carrot folks uh you could be the very first one on the show Right, exactly. Yeah, be the first. You know, you can when when we are uh, we're famous and uh, we have dominated the podcasting world, then you can say you were you were there first with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but in reality, look at what we've done so far on this podcast today, Sean. We've uh, we've threatened to have people eat bugs. We've had them uh, doing elimination challenges against each other, and then we picked on our our poor guest for how old he looked. Um, we're not getting a call. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess maybe we're not inspiring. <laughs> confidence out we, there uh, yeah we need to act on or work on being personable i guess <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so uh other ways that you can contact us uh, if you're in the social networks uh you can follow us at element opie and uh if you actually will go to the at element opie page on twitter uh, you're going to find several lists there one of the lists will be tightwad teacher and that will actually if you follow that list you're going to get both mine and john's uh feeds um if uh, if you want to and then of course you can look at that and if you want to follow either of us individually our information's there as well uh or you can follow us on facebook.com slash element opie so i think we've got most of it covered we haven't not nailed down the, the google plus yet yeah, we get we got to get one of those. I still have to get on it. I'm I'm holding out now. Right, right. Just just to spite just to spite everyone. Yeah, um, I I've always been one of those early adopters. Anytime something comes across, and it really is. You know, I joked. I think it was last week. I joked about uh, uh, my username. You know, I want to I want to lock up my username, and uh, so. It's kind of weird. Uh, Mark and I talked about this on the Tightwad Tech and, and personal branding and things. And uh, he's a real big believer, and I think he's actually right. But uh, of using your name, so you know your your first and last name at gmail dot com and your first and last name at Twitter and all of that. And of course, that's uh, uh, a little bit more professional as well. <clears throat> But, uh, I started early on using Sean TX. And, uh, so I'm Sean TX just everywhere. And, uh, that has become my personal brand. So I try to lock that up anytime I see a new service. Yeah. That, well, that's kind of become your brand, right? Right. Exactly. So, uh, you know, Mark and I talked about that and I was like, you know, Mark, I totally agree with you. But at this point, uh, to change it, uh, is going to be difficult too. So, um, uh, I, I did actually do that on Gmail and I'm, I've, I do have Sean Kybel at gmail.com. You know, of course you want to also lock up some of those things just to make sure that, you know, there's not anybody out there spoofing you, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, you know, and totally off the topic before we wrap up here, I've actually used that in teaching before. Um, whenever I get asked to be on um, an interview committee. This actually came up, uh, not this exact thing, but we talked about this with John Robinson a couple episodes ago. Um, whenever I am on an interview committee, the first thing I do in between uh, the candidates when they come in is I'll sit down with the file that they they give us and it always has an email address on there and I'll Google their name. But a lot of the time what I, I found is that 
if they do have that handle like Sean TX at Gmail or whatever, I'm assuming they've probably used that handle at other places. So I've actually gone in and Googled just that username to see what sites come up. And you find out a, a whole lot about, about people by doing that. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, a- absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. Say, you know, same thing. It's funny when you Google, uh, you Google people's names or even your own name and, uh, some of the things that, that come out there and you're like, uh, I'm not sure if I want people to see that or not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, you know, uh, again, this, uh, this week's uh, show of the Tightwad Tech that we recorded, we talked just about that kind of stuff. And I know we've talked about it, uh, on our show as well, uh, about, you know, yeah, you got to really be careful about your digital presence out there. Yeah. You can't get rid of it once it's, uh, once it's there. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think it was another uh, another great show. As I, uh, I I guess I always have to say now, great show. Yeah, very very good this this time. Right. So uh, I, we will uh, we'll join you next week. Uh, I'm not even sure what we have slated for next week, but uh, uh, I'm looking at our calendar. I, I guess it would be kind of kind of good to to say that, right? Like, join us next week when we talk yeah. about uh, back to school. Yeah. Right? Is that is that? Yeah, I think more back to school stuff. I'm not sure. Right. I'm, I'm which, trying to look at the calendar too. If you're not already back in school, back to school by next week, you probably will be. So, uh, we'll be talking about that. So join us next week. And, uh, for now, this is Sean signing off and John signing off.